Salt and light. Salt and light. Jesus speaks to his disciples, of course, in very simple terms uh, because, you know, they weren't particularly, I mean, nobody was really. There weren't that many educated people. They tended to be a, a very few number in society. And so helping the disciples to understand their mission and their role, he uses these metaphors. And so they're to be salt and light. And we, of course, that makes sense. Okay, so what do we use salt for? Well, obviously, everything, you know. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, salt enhances the flavor, the natural flavors of everything. I mean, you, you pretty much, there's very few things that salt won't, you know, assist in. But if you've had the experience of putting salt on something, and then trying it, and it like it didn't work. And then you put more, and didn't work, and didn't. And, and you think, well, there's something wrong. Oh, it's sugar. That's why. Yeah. No, the. Uh, for instance, I. So I eat, I eat popcorn's one of my my favorite snacks, and you know if you don't get the the real fine grain salt, it won't stick to the kernels. And I don't like to spray stuff on it, you know. But so I had uh, recently. I had this, you know, larger. Uh, grain, salt, sea salt, and I thought, oh, that'll be good. It didn't stick to it, so I'm just shaking and shaking and shaking. No good. The bottom of the, the, the bowl, it's like a crust. It looks like the salt flats, you know, but none of it got on the... So if salt doesn't do its job, as it were, whether it goes bad or otherwise, it's really not good for anything, which is true, except to be trampled underfoot, you know, maybe putting it down for the ice, you know, so that it might melt. But other than that, it's good for nothing. So he's basically telling his disciples, if you are not going to take what you've been given and flavor the world with it, as it were, you are good for nothing. That's what he's saying. That's how exacting the call is. Then he, then he talks about light in the same way. Look, you're not going to light a lamp and then hide it. That doesn't make any sense. The whole point of lighting a lamp is so that it sheds light, so that it can guide, right? Or the light of a, of a city on a mountaintop, which people can use back in the day as sort of a guidepost, like a lighthouse out, out at sea. A, a, you know, lights in a on a city, on a, on a mountaintop, are going to guide people and orient them so they know where to go. The light shines the way. I remember she denies it. If you ask my sister, she will deny it. But she has blocked it out, how much she tormented me as a child. <laughs> and I swear to God, I remember back in... Uh, Back in Wisconsin, you know, we, it, it, you know, just everybody has a basement pretty much. And they're like the whole floor plan of the house. So they always seem huge. But they tend to be damp and dark, especially when your sister runs up the stairs, turns off the light, and shuts the door. <laughs> and then you're, ah, you know, you're trying to find the light switch. You're stumbling. You're falling. You're what, or if it's just an as she would say, oh, it was just an accident. Yeah, right. She's not here today. Or I would point her out. <laughs> and you could ask her yourself. 
But, uh, you know, or sometimes a mom would be going up the stairs, she just forgets, you know, it just kind of happens. I don't know why I was always getting locked in the basement with the lights off. <laughs> Seemed to be a common theme of my childhood. But anyway, but, but you get that, we've all had that kind of experience of all of a sudden just being shut into darkness. And, you know, before our eyes can adjust to maybe bring in some kind of ambient light, or we, you know, now we just grab our phone, you know, where's the, just, you know, trying to see around. And then once we have the light, then, okay, everything's fine. And oddly, even not just when we're little, but it's true when we were little, there's a, a feeling of safety with the light, like there's something, about, you know, the lights go out, we have a storm, and, uh, you, you know, you get a flashlight or something else, you just feel better. And I think a big part of it is because with the light, we now know where to go, and we know where things are. All right, so use those metaphors and apply them to discipleship, what it means to follow Jesus Christ. It means to be salt and light. It means to allow our witness and our testimony to flavor the world, to season the world, to, to go out and, of course, make things better, to preserve the world, to enhance the world. And then that we might be light, well, Jesus is the way. Why would we not want other people to know the way? Why would we not want other people to know what we have found? Old saying, Christianity is nothing more than one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. It's just a matter of, I found this truth and I just want to share it with you. I don't want to beat you over the head with it. I'm not going to tell you how bad you are. I'm not going to, none of that stuff. It doesn't help. That doesn't work, particularly with family. But I found this. I found him, and he changed my life. And I can't explain it all. And, and personally, I mean, I can give you a lot of explanations, but still, I, even just speaking for my own behalf, I can't explain it all. But I can show you. I can witness to it. See, this happened to Paul. As we get this second reading where he's saying, you know, I'm only going to talk about the crucifixion of Christ. And the reason is because he went to Greece. And Greece was pretty much, you know, all of the intellectuals, or the majority of the intellectuals, somewhere obviously, uh, you know, with the Latins. But, but the Greeks had this wealth of philosophy from the pre-Socratics through Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. They had learning and education beyond, you know, so the, the entire sort of culture was definitely much more educated and refined. Anyway, he goes to, to Greece and he, he preaches about the resurrected Christ, and it didn't go that well. It didn't actually go that way. It didn't really have many converts. And he reflected back on that. And he said, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to explain everything, basically. That's what he says in the scriptures today. You know, I tried to, I tried to kind of meet them where they were at. 
Well, if you ever try to argue with somebody who's just already knows the end point, they're not really open, right? They already know where they want to end up. There's no sense even having the discussion. It's, it's pearls to swine. Doesn't, there's no good that's going to come from that. But every once in a while, someone's open. And they're not usually going to be attracted to Christ because of a great argument. This is not my experience. Usually the, the intellect gets in the way. The person is usually attracted to Christ because they know there's something they don't have and they're desperately trying to find out what that is and they see something in you that's the answer. And it's not you, but it's something you have. This is how we need to be light. It's, again, it's not a matter of hammering our loved ones and our friends about what they have to do or they ought to do. It's about just being light for people. It's one of the reasons why I say at our parish, we're not going to be a grumpy Catholic parish. There's plenty of those around. We're not going to be the misery parish. We're going to be a happy parish. Not because we're always happy, not because we don't have suffering and loss and tragedy, but because we have found something great and it ought to be celebrated. He ought to be celebrated. Sunday should be a celebration. Every Sunday is Easter, we believe, as Catholics. And so, you know, the entire experience of Sunday should be a great experience. It matters. It really matters. And furthermore, from my perspective, if you don't have a great experience on Sunday, how in the world are you going to go out and be light? Please come to my boring and miserable church and find Christ. I'm not indicting anyone else. I'm just saying I, I don't want to do that. That's why we're not doing that, right? It, there should be joy. There should be goodness. There should be hope amidst the suffering, the depression, the hardship, all of the sacrifices we all have. It's all there. It doesn't go away just because we're focused on goodness and happiness. Rather, it helps sustain us through that because we know that's not all there is. That Jesus Christ is always there for us. And that when we're enduring those bad things, it's precisely Christ, his message, his presence, his grace that lifts us up and sustains us and takes us through it all. So, we are called to be salt and light. We'll do another quote. It's a famous one, right? We all know this one. St. Francis. Preach the gospel always. If necessary, use words. We attract more people by the goodness and love that we have, by the goodness we share, and our kindness and our joy than anything else. Let people see it. Let people know it. Do not be afraid to share the light that you have received. Please stand.